Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he scored a goal every time he's had a shot. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast. Your things home for all things Bundesliga, Premier League, and European football. We have a host of topics for today, but with me, as always, the Marco Royce to my Mario Goetze, Billy. And like Marco Royce, not enjoying much football at the moment. Uh, should we just get this over with? Don't laugh. Yeah, well, I can hear you laugh. Why don't you introduce our esteemed listeners? Just, just why don't you introduce our esteemed listeners to um the topics at hand before we launch okay. into anything I am prematurely a i am a professional i am a broadcaster i can you do are not biased broadcasting head on <laughs> that's right guys this time we're talking champions league quarterfinals and the first semi-final of the europa league uh okay let's do this <sighs> I was about to say, just just get let's get the worst worst over with. <laughs> so yeah, United lost two one to Sevilla. It's I feel so deflated with it at the moment. I really do. I can't defend anyone really because everyone was so bad. Pogba probably our best player, but even then it was just so. Oh, it was just so flat. That bad. That bad. It was... Wow. I mean, their first goal. Like, yeah, our, the, our goal was a penalty. Shock. 22 this season. Imagine my surprise. Yeah, I, was, was, I, was about to say, I was about to say, if it, looking when you look at the notification of Fernando's scoring, it most likely is because you don't have... Yet another penalty. Yeah, but it was a great penalty, and it was a definite penalty. The way Diego Carlos hacked down Marcus Rashford, it was such a rash challenge. It was, you know, the way we started, we were quick, we were fluid, and then it petered off. And God, God, I can't believe it. Jesus Navas run us ragged. Oh, that, that's Jesus Navas run, run us ragged and Regulon, their left back on right left hand side. Him and Lucas Ocampos bullied Wambasaka, and it's where their first goal come from. Okay, but interesting you say that because you just said bullied Wambasaka. That is, and I mean, we put him in our team of the season because he had the most tackles. I'd like to remind you, you think... someone picked Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, yeah, but <laughs> statistically speaking, Wambasaka came up with the best, the best, or the most tackles on the season. How do you bully Wambasaka? How can Wambasaka allow himself to get bullied? Is this a mentality thing? Because you can't tell me that 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 United did not field their best team because they did. No, we we fielded a, de- a decent team. It wasn't like the semi-final against Chelsea where. Ollie rested players and played a formation to try and match them. It was, we started well and we could have easily had like two or three in that first 20 minutes. But then Sevilla, they, they grew in, they grew and they got better and better and better. And Regulon just absolutely ran that left hand side. It was his own. And you can see why people want him and why he was voted best left back in La Liga. But I don't understand. I don't understand. Like Wambasaka is normally so good one on one, and it just everything it completely left him. Whether it's because he was playing so high, because their fullbacks were high, there was a lot of space for him to run into. Yeah, yeah. but he was all defensive awareness. Just seemed to lose him. Well, I mean it, the 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 reason I the reason I ask about 
you know, mentality wise is because you told me during the match, a lot of players on that United team needed a dire reality check. Marcus Rashford, especially, but you named Lindelof, Juan Lusaka as well. So could this be attributed to the mentality side of things? Probably, yeah. And yeah, you can say, oh yeah, but they've had a longer season. They're probably knackered. I don't... You get paid to, to run around a field, to kick a ball. They had six days off. Okay, I'm not having the... Oh, they were tired. Grow up. But mentality thing. I mean, I dug Jerome Boateng out against Barcelona. And we'll talk about it later. I dug him out for Luis Suarez's goal. His positioning yeah. that was terrible. I think to Lindelof, exactly the same thing. I mean, Wan-Bissaka <laughs> lost his man. And Luke de Jong who hadn't scored in 11. It's like, hey, so you've not scored in 11 games. Play against United. We'll fix that, bro. <laughs> it was so... It just fell to him. And for yeah. once, we've, we conceded two goals, and I'm not talking about a De Gea mistake. I'm talking about a defensive... or lack of defensive awareness. Like, normally they're so... Not dependable, because they have their moments, but... If one falls asleep, the other one's there, but they both just ceased. Ceased, the, I mean... Less, the less we talk about... I've got to praise their goalkeeper. Okay, I can't <laughs> be negative about this game all in all because us, Jonsson had it for Copenhagen last game. And Bono had it this evening. Every goalkeeper that plays against us seems to have the game of their life. The first... 10, 15 minutes of the second half. We bombarded that goal. I think we had 19 oh. efforts on goal this evening. Nah, it was 20 shots oh. on goal, yeah, seven on target. But I mean, he was blocking stuff. He was saving. Like, yeah, you could argue Martial should do better. He should lift it instead of going, trying to go low. But he was on absolute fire and fair play to them, honestly. I can't. The only well, I mean, thing I can criticise Sevilla for is it's that typical thing, you know, they go down when no one touches them. <laughs> I don't know whether that's just a Spanish thing or not that I'm not used to watching the Premier League, but every time, I mean, I, I had the, the artificial crowd noise on. Mm. Every time a player where like uh, Cordan was bad for it, Fernando was bad for it, and it was like every time someone went down, holding the back of their head where there'd been no contact with their head. All you could hear was a severe bench. Oh, oh, book him, book him, book him. And that's the only thing I can criticise them for because they played us off the field. Yeah, I mean, 53% possession for Sevilla, even though they only had nine efforts on goal and three shots on target says it all, I think. I mean, they're, they're beating you on possession, pass accuracy, passes. Um, they're committing less fouls. I said it I said it to you shortly after. They were they were that one step ahead, they were that split second quicker. They were hungrier for everything. They wanted First it to more. the ball, yeah. They yeah, I mean that is and that's where we come back to the whole mentality issues because you you're in a Europa League final. Why are you not wanting this more? Is this just down to the fact that that United after, you know, possibly their glory this is total conjecture by the way but is it possible that after all the praise that has been heaped on united and the fact that they did make top four they're going back to the champions league and all of their previous experience in top competition that a europa league final is just not something that the team the players and the whole club just want i don't know but i'll be honest if i see players on social media in the next two days Living it up, it's uh, okay. I don't really care that much. Like, you're entitled to do what you want to do. You get paid a lot of money to play football. If you don't care about it, then I, I can't make anyone care about it. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's, the argument should be made that if you put if you're a player f- playing for a club, you should care what happens. Exactly. That's... There was an argument that at the start of the season, the Europa League was our best route into the Champions League since we finished third. Did it take sort of like, oh, well, we've got to turn up. We might as well turn up. Which, if that's the case, that's a fucking disgusting 
attitude to have and like yeah, those players yeah. need reality checks. But who did we bring? Which game-changing players could we bring off the bench to change this game? Juan Mata, who I love him, but he's Passed not the player it. he was. Dan James, who, again, I liked him at the start of the season. I thought he was good, but he's just... He never followed up on the form he had at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, he uh, he had that amazing game against uh, against Chelsea, and then after that, what happened? Yeah, he, August was his month, and that was it. And yeah, then he dropped off the face of the earth. He brings Odiana Gallo on for like a minute and a half, which if you're going to go with the target man, you bring him on with 15... 20 minutes to go. I was about to say, those substitutions in the in the last He's five so minutes good. really just don't... That, there's no point. You only bring on subs in, after the 85th minute if you are desperately trying to buy your team time. There is absolutely nothing... Scratch that. There is 99.9% of a chance that that substitution is not going to affect your game. In 0.1% of the chances, or 0.1% of the occasions, that substitute can come on and you know make the difference and score a goal. But that is so little. I never understood why managers ever wait till after the 85th minute to make a sub because it's just not going to happen, is it? No. Some you see, I say 99%. You get that one percent chance where someone will just come yeah, on with the- their first touch, have an absolute blinder. But, yeah, but how how often does that how often does that happen with one with with one team? I can guarantee you, it's not going to happen more than once in a season, if that. So what's the point? I don't know. I I I've said it, I said it last summer. Like something needs to change. Something needs to happen. It's it's a good team. You need you know, a bit more you, depth on the bench, though. If you were a prospective player. Yeah, I think it's a good team to come into. It's got a manager who plays young players, but like I say, yeah, more depth off the bench. And it was like, oh, six of these players have never won a trophy for Manchester United. Okay, well, keep playing like that, and six of those players will never win a trophy for Manchester United. (laughs) You know, I we'll talk about it next, but I give it the big one yesterday, and I know I shouldn't have given it the big one. But I was all chat yesterday. <laughs> City are out. That's funny. <laughs> and I knew it would come back to bite me. But I've got City fans digging me out going, oh, how many trophies you won this season? And it's like, well, you won the Carabao Cup. It's like me bragging that David Moyes won the Community Shield. No one cares. Pipe down. <laughs> like, Pep Guardiola has been as far in the Champions League with Man City as Solskjaer has been with United. And apparently Solskjaer is just some sort of really old looking baby to them so <laughs> the best manager in the world has only been as far as Oli Gunnar Solskjaer who in my opinion is still a good manager well seeing as you know we're getting we're leaving the topic of Manchester United we'll just quickly touch on the upcoming Europa League semi-final match between Inter and Shakhtar I mean it's got an Inter win t- written all over that it's good. I mean, we say that, but then again, so did well, Manchester City against <laughs> against Lyon. So did United against Sevilla today. Although mm, I would say, I would argue that that there was less of a chance of a um, of a of an upset in, during the City match than tonight. But nevertheless, this whole season has shown us you can't really count out anything. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll have a Sevilla versus Donetsk uh, Europa League final. And the thing is, I'd love it. I really would. I'd love it if... Oh, I would say I'd love it if someone else won the, won the Europa League. I mean, Sevilla won it... They've won it five times and they won it three times on the trot. I mean, it's their cup, yeah. really. If we're going to be like yeah, that. Yeah. But can I just say one more thing mm. on United before we move on to the, the games that really matter, the Champions League games? <laughs> So, you know, because I'm, I'm a bit of a loser and a nerd, I follow an unholy amount of journalists on Twitter. <laughs> and one of them is like, he's called Rob Blanchett. And I think he's class. He's, he's, he's a United reporter, but he's objective. It's not, well, United are the best team in the world. And you can't tell me otherwise. Type, like you get some of those. But 
So he's put, if United hadn't turned up tonight, I'd be angry. I'm not angry. This young team dominated, but made poor defensive errors. I feel better about United today than at any point since Sir Alex left. We look more like United now than at any point under Moyes, Louis van Gaal, or Jose Mourinho. And, uh, yeah. Agree with that? I do. I really, well, I really do. And See, I guess there's a silver lining in the whole deal, at least. And I, it sounds like I'm, you know, making best of a bad situation because defensively <laughs> we were poor. But it's, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't want to use the word process, but I'm going to. It is a I'm process. sorry, I'm sorry, process, there's nothing wrong with that word because as Guillaume Balaguer told us, if, yeah, if, if there's no respect for the process, then you're never going to be happy with your, team, with your team's performances. If you expect from day one that your team is going to be performing like, you know, Barcelona 2009 to 2012 or like Bayern this last half of the year, then you're never going to be, you're never going to be completely fulfilled. So. Yeah. And that's the thing. Ever since Ollie come in, he was like, this is a process. We have to, you know, you're not going to go out and you're not going to buy seven or eight players in one window. It's going to take time. And the players he has bought in over the course of the season, let's not, you know, judge them on one night over the course of a season. Have been great. You just, yeah, you just. I'd say your back line. You just need to find a replacement for Lindelof. Yeah, we need. And a, we need a centre back badly. Yeah, and maybe, maybe yeah. look at left back. But you're yeah. probably going to bring back Dean Henderson. Looks very much like it because Sheffield have already made a goalkeeper signing. Yeah, they've uh, so, agreed a deal for Aaron Ramsdale from Bournemouth. And and I'd say that competition between keepers just makes them better. So, you know, the worst that can happen is De Gea gets, you know, finds his old form again. And, or that Dean Henderson replaces him. But either way, you've got a good goalkeeper situation going. So I think that, I mean, there's minimal, there's a small amount of work need, that needs to be done in terms of signing, but I think United are on, the, on a solid path. Yeah, I mean, we need a, a defensive midfielder because Matic isn't, Hasn't got the legs that he used to. And Fred, he plays well, but he's, I'm not sure, entirely sure where his best position, position in midfield is. Because he's not better than Paul Pogba at the, the centre mid position. He's not yeah. a number 10 like Bruno. <laughs> and as far as defensive go, I would genuinely have Matic. He was only in there to deal with Ava Benega, who still, at the age he is, absolutely pulled strings. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult for Sevilla because he's off to Qatar <laughs> when this season finishes. But well, that's enough about United and enough about... Moving, moving from... Let's move... Let's stay let's in Manchester. Let's talk about a subject I'm very passionate about. Exactly. Let's stay in Manchester and talk about maybe the second biggest upset of this uh, Champions League quarterfinal because we all, let's face it, know which one the biggest was. But... Um, how how does Manchester City manage for the fourth year running to not make it to the semifinals? It is, it is baffling to me why Pep Guardiola would take a team that still did bits in the Premier League, still managed to get second in the Premier League, and still managed to boss teams week in, week out for the better part of a whole season, regardless of a corona break or not. And then he changes this team completely formation wise he put he plays three defensive midfielders why why would you change it play the team that won you why never change a winning team why i don't know maybe you can make an argument for the way leon set up with the three five two you know you don't want to get overrun how many teams in the prem have set up with a three five two against city and still gotten smacked six nil well true I, I see no re- there is no tangible reason other than the fact that Pep Guardiola is so good that he that he that he has gotten to overthinking at this stage in competition because I think no one can tell me that he doesn't think about the fact that the main sticking point ever since he's left Barcelona is the fact that he has not been able to progress into a Champions League final. 
mean, you just have to get you. You just, uh, he's brought in for to win the Champions League mainly, because the clubs that he's coached since Barcelona have been clubs who are most likely already going to win their respective national titles. And the main reason he's there is to make make the Champions League work and get the bring the Champions League home. And so far, since leaving Barcelona, he has failed to do so. And I think there slowly can be some questions asked. And you're, I was the staunchest Guardiola defender when it came to those questions that being asked of him when he was at Bayern. But slowly, a couple of question marks. So do you think it's his reputation preceding him? And he's like, I have to do certain things to... And I don't think his reputation... Guardiola. I don't think his reputation precedes him because he... Well, I mean, yes, it, yes, it does... Obviously, but I don't think it precedes him in the way that you're making it out to be because everyone knows that he's a he's an unreal manager and he's gotten the best out of each player, no matter what their ages is. I mean, ages have been, I think, Ian Robben even said that, you know, Gajula came in and I was 30 at the time and I did not think any manager could, you know, bring the le- my level of play up, but he did. So I think there's no denying the genius of Gajula. And the fact that he managed to dominate specifically, I mean, he managed to dominate more than one top five league in Europe. But I think that the pressure he puts on himself to win the Champions League at some point becomes his, uh, you know, the, the rockin' issue and ultimately it, causes it, him to fail. Is it that obsession then? Yeah. Is it that... I'd say so. Is it... it <sighs> It probably won't take them 30 years, but is it becoming that Liverpool? You know, they can win all the Premier League, all the FA Cups they want, but if they don't win the Champions League, they're sort of a gaping hole in their cabinet type thing. I think, I think for Manchester City, that definitely is the case. On the other hand, you have to fairly say that, you know, they haven't been a club of the caliber they are now for more than a decade. I mean, I'd argue that they've even haven't been the caliber of club they have been for un- they haven't even made managed to keep that level for 10 years. Well, they've Realistic- I'm realistically speaking, the era in which, you know, Manchester City started to become a team that you know you could reckon with for the uh, for a top 4. Exactly. And that's 9 years ago. I think you're asking a very I mean, obviously, you're pouring the money in, but it is a very tall order, nonetheless, to ask a club that nine years ago was not even capable of finishing top seven or top eight, for that matter. True. And as much as I, I love slagging Man City off, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the game because you, you take nothing away from Leon, And every time no, Man City have played Leon, Maxwell Cornet turns up and he scores. It, uh, Depay had he's... a quiet game, but it wasn't like a a bad quiet, if that makes any sense. Like he was noticeable. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Moussa Dembele, come on, and he's done bits as well. I mean, it's, well. that that's and that that's what that's the thing as well because on paper Manchester City should be making the semi-finals all day. It's it's not even it's not even a question at that point. You should not be losing to that uh, Lyon team, and you know it. I think I think the best the best instance of that is the fact that City's first major chance came in the form of Raheem Sterling in the forty fifth plus one minute of the first half. If your first major chance in a Champions League quarterfinal is coming. In the extra time of the first half, that should be a major red flag. Yeah, and again, you can have all the players, you can have the best players in the world in your team. If you don't take your chances, you, you're not going to win. And if you don't defend... <laughs> Raheem Sterling. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that. Four yards out, City's best player like, other than De Bruyne oh. this season. I'm telling you, I mean, the best one, the best memes I'm seeing is are the pictures of Harry Kane and saying, well, well yeah. that's why I didn't square it to Raheem during the World but Cup 2018 against, uh, against this Croatia. Season, you give him that chance 99 other times, 99 times he puts that in, no problem. Of course, of course. I mean, there isn't, there isn't, there's a reason. I mean, he's in the team, he was in our team of the season. I, I, we didn't even question it. Left wing, Raheem Sterling, no doubt about it. Yeah. 
and have, it, it is just it is baffling to was, me how you can was Dembele's first goal for you was it a foul on Laporte or was it just a case of tangled legs I mean even if it was tangled legs it still is a you know he still gains an advantage by tripping him up so I would argue that yes it was a foul but the way City were playing and the fact that they didn't just lose 2-1 but they lost 3-1 I think you can't start arguing about the fact that you know they would have won had that foul been called I highly doubt it because the way City were playing the way they were not at all near a win during that game I think just goes to show and that one thing was it was it was one of those things like, you know, in, in the Bayern versus Barcelona match in 2013 where, you know, Müller kind of just checks Jordi Alba away and leaves Robben a clear path. Like, yes, it was a foul, but was that going to change the scoreline? Was it going to change the fact that Bayern won that game? No. Wasn't, yeah. And same here. Wasn't going to change the fact that Lyon was going to win the game. Yeah, but then you got that whole butterfly effect thing. If that's given as a foul, maybe City go... Well, maybe Raheem suddenly puts that chance in. You never know. But well, I mean, we're 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 all we're all t- we're only talking hypotheticals here, and I think at the end of the day, we just have one major upset. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, City are out, and they've really got no one else to blame. Uh, Ederson, what are you doing on themselves? Goal? Like... Yeah, Ederson, <clears throat> what are you doing on the last goal? That's a routine catch for any goalkeeper of his caliber. Any goalkeeper of, of the top five leagues, any goalkeeper in the Champions League, they make that catch. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have a momentary lapse in concentration, right. which at that level you can't really afford to have. Yeah, you but, really can't. Uh, all these City fans on Twitter and phoning up to talk to people, oh, VAR doesn't like us. We've been VARD. No, you were shit. That's yeah. why the, the amazing, illustrious Manchester City underestimated a team. Yeah. That's yeah. why you're out, because you weren't good enough. Yeah. And there's a little bit of anger there. I'm a little, still a little bit bitter about our result. But again, so, you know, it, there's no conspiracy. There's no, oh, well, UEFA have clearly told the referees, oh, any dubious decisions go Leon's way. No, you weren't good enough. End of. City aren't, clearly aren't as good as they think they are. They were, I mean, exa- exactly. I mean, even... I think they're they're acting a little bit like Bayern fans after the 2017 thing with Real Madrid. And, you know, I'd say, obviously, as a Bayern fan, there was definitely some questions to be asked of the refereeing in that match. But Yeah, but that was was multiple decisions. That wasn't one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Was it, wasn't it? That was, well, that's clearly a penalty. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm totally a last man foul. He's not even given it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it, it, I think they, the city fans are just a little bit, they're do, overdoing it a little bit. And, you know, they're slowly realizing that, you know, the fourth year running out in the quarterfinals, it's going to start stinging. Like, yeah, it's okay going to St. James's Park or Turf Moor and battering Newcastle and Burnley 6-0. Great. Fantastic. You can do that every year. But, yeah. you know, I said it yesterday to some, they were like, oh, well, what do you think? Oh, I reckon City will battle Leon. I was like, oh, I don't know. Because, you know, if they go in there, if they underestimate them, if they're arrogant, if they're, oh, well, it's only Leon. <laughs> Farmers I mean, League. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had, I didn't think Leon had a shred of a chance going into that game. And I was proven very much wrong. I, I mean, so, I think a lot of people other than, you know, Leon fans, <laughs> didn't give them much hope. I mean, there's always that thing, though. Uh, oh, they could do. The underdog yeah. could do it. Because we've seen in other games in this knockout, teams going through that, you think, on balance of the, the names on the team sheet or normal circumstances, wouldn't go through. But this isn't normal circumstances. Every team in this thing that's going now is equal. Which, well, we saw that yesterday with Man City Leon. And... Whether it was arrogant by Pep or by City going, yeah. well, we're clearly better than them, so we'll, we'll be fine. We don't need to worry about Leon. It's just a formality and we'll go on and we'll play Bayern. I mean, you just provided me the perfect segue into the other underdog upset, which was Leipzig knocking out Atle- uh, Atletico Madrid. 
I did say that it would be a good match and Leipzig definitely have a good team with or without Timo Werner. Did I expect them to win that match? Hell no. No, I I don't know. I, I like Diego Simeone and I like the way his teams can play football, but they play football so conservatively, so, dare I say it, boring. They really re- rely on the fact that they can provoke the the other team through their fouls and, you know, the mentality of that club. And I mean, I'm going to be very, I'm going to shoot some, I'm going to fire some shots Atletico's way, but um, I don't think you sign with Atletico if you're not a little bit of an asshole on the pitch. (laughs) There's got to be, there's, there's going to, I think there is, there's Uh, some kind of, there's, there's an asshole clause in their contracts where you know, I think they have a you know they have a one on one conversation with Diego Simeone, and Simeone is like, if this guy cannot be a cannot be the biggest dick to me in this conversation, I'm not having him in my team, no matter how good he plays football. I, I'm telling you, there's no other way you can get into that team. I mean, Diego Costa is about the biggest dick in football going. I know what you mean, but they play. They sort of like okay, well, we'll sit back. And we'll let you come at us, we'll soak up the pressure, and then we'll just go. It's a very old-fashioned way of playing football, and it's not... It's a very much Italian style of play. Score one, sit back and defend. Leipzig had more possession, more shots, better passing succession, more shots on target, more clear-cut chances. They were just, again, they were just the better side on the night, regardless of whether you think they've got a better team on paper or not. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to I'm going to take three players on Leipzig uh, from Leipzig and give them another, you know, a, a separate round of accolades because as much as Yusuf Paulson is not your typical star striker, and the fact that now he's going to have to fill Timo Werner's shoes, he the way the runs he made, the the pressure he put on the back line of Atletico, the you know the just holding the ball up he had a hell of a game as a workhorse and basically putting everyone else's needs above his own he had a couple of misplaced shots here and there guaranteed i mean he's a striker who came up with leipzig from the third second and now into the first division now all the way into the champions league so his story in and of itself is already great but he was the workhorse in that team yeah and it showed like the work ethic of that team showed, but I just, like going back to Atletico Madrid a minute. Yeah. So he started players. He, he started with Coke, Hector Herrera, Sal, Marcus Llorente and Diego Costa, all very rigid players. When you've got. These are the uh, same Alvaro, players that did damage to Liverpool though. Yeah. But you've got players like Alvaro Morassa, Thomas Lamar and Yao Fe- You've got flair players like Yao Felix on the bench. You think a yeah, is, game in a, Felix in a should have started. Game. I give you that. I give you that one. If any player should have started for Atletico, it should have been Joao Felix. Because I'm I mean, sorry, Thomas Lemar. 130 million euros for should be starting every game for you anyway. I mean, I mean yeah, you're totally right on that in that point. Thomas Lemar, doubtful. No because goals and no assists. Exactly. He finished he finished without a goal contribution this season. And I mean I would just say it's saying. like a French Jesse Lingard, but Jesse Lingard, I have you know, has three contributions <laughs> this season. I mean, and Atletico also paid 70 mil for him. Like, I'm sorry, but the pattern of, I mean, the pattern of making big money transfers for players without a clear philosophy behind these big money transfers isn't just a Barcelona thing. It is very much a Spain thing. Because if you think about the transfers that those top three clubs have made, Madrid, uh, both Madrid clubs and Barcelona, they have been more, uh, more transfers of the kind that you expect to sell shirts rather than the Galactic. kind that will actually, yeah, that will actually, but I mean, here's the thing. The Galacticos actually won, won, a, won a bunch. The transfers they, that... I mean, they didn't won the Champions League, though. You, okay, you have a fair point in, Not, uh, in that the sense. Original but original Galacticos, if you know what I mean, if that makes any sense. Obviously, they've won it a, a, a ton since. No, no, I mean, no, I, mean I, know the, I know the team you're talking about is, is the one that contains Zidane, Figo, uh, Beckham, Raul, uh, Roberto Carlos, Casillas, that one, beginning of the 2000s. Yes. But 
won they the did win a champ- They did. 2002, they won the Champions League. Oh, this is what I'm saying. The, the, but that's what I, this is what I'm talking about, is that these days, the Spanish top clubs, they don't have any clear transfer strategy. It is just bring in the players that are making the YouTube hits and pay whatever you whatever that club wants. If it's 130 mil, I'll take it. Which is just a toxic transfer strategy. I mean, we've seen we're, it's torn Barcelona apart. Which Real Madrid haven't been. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Real Madrid haven't been able to uh, compensate Cristiano Ronaldo fully. I mean, Eden Hazard. Self proclaimed. I mean, he sell he he himself said at the end of the season, this was probably my worst season ever, and I mean, they paid what a hundred mil for him. I mean, he'll bounce back. He will, but he's but Eden Hazard. I'm sorry, no player is going to fill the shoes of Cristiano Ronaldo, and the the other players that they're trying to get you, Rodrigo, Vincinius Junior. You know, I'm sorry, all talented players, but no way in hell are they going to be starting continuously for Real Madrid. And you've got a Bale who you bought for 100, 100 mil, and you're just sitting him uh, sitting him on the bench as well for no apparent reason. Oh, that man's living in Zidane's head, and it's fantastic. Rent free, by the way. But I mean, you go about saying like he, you know, all these players aren't Ronaldo. Like, I'd argue still, United haven't replaced Ronaldo for years. We've lacked yeah, but here's the thing: United were not solely reliant on Ronaldo; they were solely reliant on that front three. He was part of that Tevez. He was part of exactly. He was. Uh, Ronaldo dynamic and that's what that's what I mean and even though Real Madrid for a spell had the BBC front three that BBC front three was still very much dominated by Ronaldo, Ronaldo. and without Ronaldo that Bale and Benzema just you know Along they're the not ride. the same exactly they're not they're not the same caliber and so I think I'm just going to have I'm just going to slam the whole Spanish uh, the whole top Spanish team board of directors they've all done a shit job when it comes to transfer strategy. There is no clear-cut transfer strategy in any one of those teams. Probably the one that has the clearest strategy is Atletico because, as I've said, they have the asshole clause in their contracts. I love that. He's a great player, boss. He, ki- he kicks, keeps the ball really well. He's got a wicked left peg. But he's, he's too nice. He's No, he's actually one of their nicer players. Oh, fuck it. I don't want him then. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if, he's not, if he's not kicking my front door down on his way to his transfer <laughs> negotiations, like I don't want him. <laughs> uh, boss, can I have a word, please? Fuck off. Get out. You gotta <laughs> kick the door down, Diego. Word. Show me how it's done. <laughs> yeah, but and yeah, okay. So, oh, I did forget. I wanted to mention two more Leipzig players other than Yusuf Paulson, uh, Zabitza, who ran the it's midfield class. and. Yeah. Kevin Kumper, who I thought Zabitza and Kevin Kumper, they did an unreal job. Again, it's that thing I keep saying. It's the reason I really like Ander Herrera. Same reason I imagine Leipzig fans like Kevin Campbell. It's yeah. that sort of, not the glamorous side of it. It's the unnoticeable, keeps things it's, ticking over type player. Exactly. And, you get, and he, keeps the, he keeps the team shape. He keeps the formation. He keeps everyone in check. And he calms everyone down. He dictates the t- his type of play. It's almost, you know, it's a bit in the, from the mindset and the positional play of Tony Kors and, or, or as, as in the, the way he functions for the team, obviously not style of play or whatever, but um, the way he functions for the team dictating the speed of play, I think is very much a strong suit. Just one more thing on Leipzig before we talk Atalanta PSG. Oh yeah. Uh, it bothers me because I know it's wrong and it might bother you, but you listen to commentary in German, so I don't know whether it does. But a lot of people calling them Red Bull Leipzig when it's not Red Bull Leipzig. I don't know why, it just really gets to me. And Derek Ray, the English voice of the Bundesliga, he does the, I've sent you his videos, he does the backyard Bundesliga. You know, the master of pronunciation, he's like, he, he, he's, he's like, no, they're not. That's not their name. It might be RB, but that doesn't stand for Red Bull. It's well. Here's the thing: the only reason it isn't Red Bull is because the that's not German football law doesn't allow sponsors' names to be featured in the title of the club. Yeah. So why otherwise, it not... would be. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm sorry. They are Red Bull. 
Yeah, they Red are Bull Red Bull. Pump, Red Bull is well, all over that club. While you've got Red Bull, like New York Red Bulls or, you know, people like that, it's Rasen Bull Sports. Like, Rasen Ballsport, we all know that's just a weak-ass attempt to paint oh. and, you know, to keep RB in the title of the club and to keep, you know, the Red Bull name intact. Like, I think... What's the direct translation of Rasen Bull Sport? Uh, grass Ball Sport. Fantastic. The 50 plus one grass ball sport podcast brought to you by Red Bull. <laughs> I like that. I think a uh, shout out to Red Bull. Give us a sponsor. We'll, Big we'll sponsor. take away. I will, we'll redact everything I said about that just in the last five minutes. If you give it's, us a sponsorship, <laughs> the last right five now. minutes would just be, you'll hear a beep and it would just be a, an audio ad for Red Bull. Exactly. Redact, completely redacted, completely redacted. So let's talk. You've dug out the Spanish clubs. We've had a dig. At, we've had a dig at City and United. Let's talk Italy and France. Atalanta, PSG. Uh, PSG Big got man from Stoke. Come on. I'm sorry. PSG you. got lucky as fuck. They really did. I mean, all all props to Drupal Muting. Like, you know, everyone was having big questions behind that signing. Everyone's like, why the hell are we are they signing a player who has been decent for mid-table clubs in Germany and, and, and England, but you know, never more? And everyone's like, why are you signing him? He's silenced those critics very I mean, well. But agent, props to his agent for getting him a move from a relegated Stoke City side to PSG. Oh, definitely. But I think it's just—I think it's still baffling to me how people can hype up PSG this much and say, you know, they're definitely going to be um, in the final now, and they're going to be, and they might even win the Champions League. No, they struggle against Atalanta for the majority of ninety minutes, and just managed to barely scrape a win and turn it around within three minutes. They had the biggest amount of luck going so far in this football tournament, so far. Without really a shadow of a doubt, because Neymar was really good, and at the same time, he was really bad. Yeah, he was. I'm, you know I, I mean, don't want to take. I, I don't want to take away from his man of the match title because he definitely deserved it. <clears throat> but if we're talking about the effectiveness in front of goal, he just wasn't. No, and you know, there's like three chances where he just blazed wide. Exactly. I mean, all given you know, he had that one threaded pass that did lead to Mbappe's assist, which. I think needs to be mentioned, but that's the one thing, you know, like th- that came in the 90th minute. As I said, PSG got lucky as fuck. Yeah. And you look at the teams on paper. I mean, you can, you had the perfect really statistic count. for that. Oh yeah. I said it in the, uh, the episode that we totally put up on time. Neymar is on like 35 and a half million euros a year. Just Neymar and the entire Atalanta squad is 27 million euros. Exactly. And the fact that PSG took that much time and had to turn it around in the 90th plus three. I'm sorry. They shouldn't be celebrating that. They should be looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking, wow, we just, as they say in German, sind gerade mit dem blauen Auge davon gekommen or just Hell. got away with, got out of that one with a black eye instead of a knockout. Your which is incredibly complex. <laughs> Say that again. Just got away with it with a black eye. Fucking, what is wrong with just saying, scrape that one? <laughs> Don't ask. <clears throat> but um, anyway. Looking, looking at their team, right? Juan Bernat, crap. Yeah. Pablo Sarabia, crap. Kera, I don't know that much. He's he's, he's decent, but he needs he's he's a decent young player. But you know, as I I think he earned a he earned his move from Schalke. PSG probably overpaid a little bit because they were PSG, but PSG were the ones buying. But he was he's a definitely a decent center back and can definitely become something in the next couple of years. Is he world class? No. I mean, other than Mbappe, their Brent their bench was pretty meh. Other than obviously two promoting, you got the goal, which it was a classic right place, right time, number nine goal. Yeah. And I could not be more made up for him because everyone <laughs> was like, oh, why have they brought him on? Oh, they brought on a, I couldn't get a goal for Stokes. Like, <laughs> shut up. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for right. it. But, you know, Sergio Rico relegated with Fulham. 
Nikola Maximovic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hitler Navas did well, to be fair. Yeah, and it was when he went off injured. So yeah. they're going to have to play Sergio Rico because he's injured for their semi-final. So I, I mean, congratulations, Leipzig. But I'd again, say definitely know, Leipzig definitely have a very good chance of making it to the final because with players like Mbappe and Neymar, you can never really discount that side. Oh no, Kimi definitely, definitely not because player. those two those two players are still unreal players. As much as I don't think Neymar should be compared, or they shouldn't, he shouldn't be in the same bracket as Ronaldo and Messi. He's still one of the world's best players. That you cannot take away. At yeah, some point, Mbappe some... is very rapidly on his way. Yeah, I think I think Mbappe at some point could be, or Mbappe at some point could have reached the level that you know. Lewandowski is currently playing at to the point where he's getting compared to Ronaldo and Messi for a season or two. Well, let's be no honest. One, no in, one's going to get to that level of Messi and Ronaldo ever. In for Mbappe's a, career span, Ronaldo and Messi aren't going to be around anymore. Yeah. Probably Lewandowski's going to retire as well. So you'd like yeah. to think in five, five six years. years, maybe five, six years, Mbappe will probably see him winning. Ballon d'Or, yeah. Ballon d'Or, being top three Ballon d'Or. And again, it's really difficult to decide who's going to be there. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one 100%. But I still think PSG should not be hyped up to the point that they are. But It's to... hard for Atalanta because they did so well. Oh, it really is. It so really is. In that game. I really, again, it's that underdog thing. As much as I like Mbappe and Ander Herrera, my Spanish yeah. prince. <laughs> it's that underdog thing everyone loves an underdog and it's like they really do you know, I mean this tournament has given us a good amount of upsets Leipzig could turn it on could turn it on against PSG and they could cause some real damage or Neymar and Mbappe could just absolutely blitz it <laughs> yeah. depends who turns up on the day but I'd say it's a 50-50 match we've avoided it long enough well we saved the best for last I think I know you're practically wetting yourself with anticipation <laughs> Uh, I already, I already have gone through my roller coaster of emotions with this game, but Bayern smacking Barcelona eight to two. I mean, I'm sorry, smacking doesn't do it justice. Bending them over doesn't do it justice. Kicking them out of the park doesn't do it justice. They buried that club, buried them, dug not a just, grave not just twelve feet deep, not just six. Club. Oh no, that, that's what I'm saying. They buried this club and. I will give my reason for the fact that they didn't bury the team. They buried the club. They buried this club, first of all, not just six, but 12 feet deep. And they buried this club because they sent this club into such turmoil that they not only sacked their manager, but they have gone and put 17 players on their whole roster up for sale this season or for this transfer window. The only players not up for sale at Barcelona currently are Testing Messi, obviously, Longley and Frankie de Jong. Why Longley is not up for sale? Don't ask me because I think he is nowhere near good enough to be playing at the level that Barca should be playing at. De Jong completely I've, can I've understand. Just, I've just sat here and slagged off it to Lindelof for not being able to defend. Imagine my views on Clement Longley. I, I don't know why he's in that Barca team, but I think a lot of people were saying, you know, Barcelona, you know, they, they were embarrassing and they embarrassed their club and they were just so poor defensively. I think. And of course, people will say that I have a Bayern bias, but I still think that you cannot be taking away from the fact that Bayern dominated Bar- Barcelona for, I mean, save for about 15 minutes over the whole match. They dominated that team left, right, center, up, down, whatever direction you want to go. They played Barcelona to the ground and they did it with such ruthlessness that it wasn't even funny anymore. I, I sat there in shock after the seventh one went in. Because I never thought that Bayern would go as far as to put seven or let alone eight past Barcelona. I thought they were going to stop at 6-2. That goes back to that whole mentality thing we spoke about earlier. You know, some teams... Now we have the other side. We have the other side of the whole thing. (laughs) This game's won. Let's just go through the motions. But you just kept going. It was ruthless. I'm all for it. Yeah, that, that's the thing as well. Is also Bayern were criticized under Kovac and to an extent also under Flick in the first couple months. The fact that they would just 
put, you know, they would manage to be up 2-0 or maybe 3-0, and then they were, you know, they were dominating the teams, and then they would take their foot off the gas and say, okay, 3-0 is enough. But Flick has gotten such a good, or he has a dressing room's attention, he has a dressing room's confidence, and that confidence in him is so high that they just, their mentality is just unreal. I mean, the best way put, to put it was the fact that Flick, in an, in, a, in an interview a day afterwards, he was like, I was surprised when I came to the dressing room and there was no real party going on. It was the team already concentrated on the next, on the next opponent. And if that doesn't tell you anything for what's headed Leon's way next Wednesday, nothing will. Because the uh, team yeah, but- just... <laughs> but my man, my good friend, pride comes before a fall. And if you uh, underestimate Leon like City did, if you if you play a really high line against Barca and you got caught out more than Couple once, times. you know I'm Leon have the pace on the break to hit that high line and hit you where it hurts. I mean, obviously, you, so you've got firepower as well. I'm not denying. That. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to take away from that. But I think. The way you're playing at the moment, the way we're one, the way we're playing, but not even that is the fact that there is a mentality in that squad that is just it is it is beyond the fact of a burning desire to want to win. It is an ice cold, concentrated mentality going forward. It is not they they it this is precision this is precision work that is going forward. This is a team that's not just you know on a mentality and you know they don't they they have the fans with them they have the momentum with them they, they're not relying on emotions it is pure it's pure power put and and it's it is as as another german uh german phrase goes it's putting your horsepower directly onto the street can i have the german translation of that phrase please dps auf die straße bringen uh beautiful language and who said French, oh, yeah. French was the best language oh yeah but no but the, I wanna, this is what I'm sorry to interrupt um go ahead oh you got no, no no you have you definitely have the point I was going to move on to another oh entire. well no I just want to talk about the fact that you completely deconstructed that team top to bottom yeah. um because there were two pitches that surfaced after that so half time Juve Leon Ronaldo is oh Ronaldo's trying to G up his players, he's trying to talk to them, he's trying to coach them through it. Like, yeah, we can do this, lads. We can yeah. do this. We've got enough. We can, we can pull this back. Half-time in Barca Bayern, Messi sat there, head sunk down, looking at his feet, and Tostega's not even in the room. You completely demoralised that, uh, that entire team. I mean, it was a 4-1 after 30 minutes. I think any team would have been demoralized. I think one little thing that should be noted, however, is that, in my opinion, Messi has no business being a captain. He is a piss-poor leader. Even at 4-1 down at halftime, you are Barcelona. You have the, arguably the best player in the world. You have maybe the best goalkeeper in the world on your team. You have a decent crop of players. You should not be leave, letting your head hang low and it's not just in the halftime when he lost the ball ahead of the 8-2 he lost the ball I was going to bring this up he, he yeah. turns around and he starts walking the other way he's a piss poor captain and this is one of the reasons why I think that Messi ultimately maybe talent wise and maybe you know under, individually he's an unreal player but Ronaldo brings not just the individuality and said even a word the individual class and skill and unreal footballing ability but he also brings a team leadership i remember ronaldo he was off injured and he became the second coach on the byline against france in that 2016 european championship final so he that is the that type team of, through extra time exactly that is the type of player that i want in a dressing room i i don't care that he's arrogant because he is you know i'm sorry he has a certain amount of a certain amount of right to be arrogant he is the best player in the world. Messi, he just turns into a little bitch when it comes to, you know, the fact that when it comes to him being down one nil or two nil in the games where it matters, when in the games where it matters, name me one instance where Messi has been the rallying cry. And he's, you know, he's, he's given the rallying. He's been the rallying point for his whole team. Verbally. Uh, name me one. I can't. He's I, just I mean, a piss poor captain. 
yeah, he's got. I don't want to say no leadership skills because that sounds really harsh, but I'm it, sorry. De- it was definitely easier for him with Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta. Yeah. I, There's a reason he wasn't captain when those players were there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue with you. And if we, you know, God forbid we get any messy fanboys, well, but who's the best player in the world? It's like, well, he's not. He's not. Ronaldo is, but we'll ignore that. But you talk okay, individually, football-wise, talent-wise, unreal. Generational talent. Same as Ronaldo. But like you said, Ronaldo's got that drive. He, he makes people want to be better. What I'd say is that Messi reminds me almost a little bit of that, of that type of person who is unbelievable in school and has unreal talent. You know, say if it's an engineer or something, you know, he's unbelievably smart. He's got skills beyond belief. But when it comes to his people skills, you know, interacting with actual society, it doesn't happen. And that's kind of, you know, a metaphor for Messi on the football pitch. I'm not saying he, you know, in reality, he doesn't have any societal or people skills. But what I'm saying is when it comes to leadership and charisma on the pitch, he's gotten, he's got barely any of it. Yeah, I don't think... But then again, that Barca team looks like it completely devoid of a leader. Well, I mean, that, that, if that's not apparent after an 8-2 smacking, then I don't know what well, it is. Well, you know, Kike Setien's been sacked now, so... I feel a little bit bad for him because he was a club... He was, I mean, he was a manager he's who was been that out scape- of his... He's been the scapegoat for that club all season. Exactly. Players and he, have, the players have brought him out. The they brought him in from Betis. Out. They brought him in from Betis. He was out of his depth before he even started working for that club. And, you know, Poch is favorite for the job. And in an ideal world, they'd have Xavi. But as Poch, I'd here's, rather wait for another job. Here's, here's exactly. If I was Pochettino, I wouldn't take that job. Why because that you, job right I, now is cursed. Yeah, it's Barcelona. Yeah, you've got Messi. But that team is massively on the decline. And I'm again, going I to said, make... I'm going to make a big argument or a big statement here and say for Barcelona to completely rebuild, Messi has to leave. I think I was, I was, that's what I was going to say. Like when he leaves, and this is the only like comparison I've got, sorry to bring it back to United, but that's going to hit Barcelona a darn sight harder than Fergie leaving hit us. Oh yeah. There is no, that, that is, that is. They've got a stop with the, Rather needless, 120 plus million euro signings. Griezmann, it's not worked. Coutinho, he scored twice and got an assist, which is fucking hilarious against your four, against your current employers. I'd have gone mental. I'd have celebrated. I think that was the that was that was the point that really shocked me was the fact that Coutinho has come on and not just not just rubbed a bit of salt in the wounds with his assist to Lewandowski, who, by the way, scored his 54th goal. Gets more Just incredible saying. every game. Just saying. Um, I'm going to repeat it again. Robbed of a Ballon d'Or, but more on that in a sec. He Barca, This is where we come back to me saying that Spanish clubs have not a clue when it comes to transfer strategy. They've spent $37.5 million on a player in Vidal who does not fit in that Barcelona team. Barcelona have never been that kind of team that need a well, for lack of a better word, warrior. You know, the type of guy who goes and just comes in with a two-footed tackle when something's not going, going his way and, you know, tries to wake his team up with brute strength. Barcelona have never been a team who need that and who want that. For the, why are they spending close to $40 million on this guy? He would, have better be, he would have been better suited at Atletico because I can guarantee you Vidal has that asshole clause or he'd fulfill that. Again, it's... A... I'm not saying I'm not going to say it's a weird one because it's been happening consistently for seasons and not just Barca. Like you said, the other Spanish teams, like maybe maybe the culture needs to change. Maybe it probably will after this yeah. season. First time in 14 years there's not been a Spanish or an English semi-finalist in the Champions League. That's a big statistic in and of itself, especially if you're looking at the Spanish-dominated Champions League in the last 10 years. That's what I think there's going to be massive changes at both those clubs. Maybe not Atletico because they're stuck. I, think I don't think they'll change until they get rid of Simeone, which 
I don't think that, and that won't happen. He's the highest played. He's the highest paid manager on this planet. When so. when do you pull that trigger? At what point does being third best in Spain stop being enough? I think for that very much depends on if Atletico want to keep the course because the course they've so far kept is working for them, or if they think that they now need to become they now need to make Spain a uh, three horse race instead of a two horse race. I was gonna say you'd think the current state of this Madrid and Barcelona side would be the perfect time. Oh, especially the, especially now that both clubs are on the decline and they both are going through a massive rebuilding, and I think both teams have just completely missed the opportunity to replace their aging squad because Bayern very much almost missed the opportunity to replace um, Ribéry and Robben. That, they very nearly ended up in a Barcelona-type spiral down, but they managed to get themselves back out of it with you know managerial appointments and good signings. But Barcelona and Real Madrid, have, I mean, Barcelona now more so than Real Madrid, but both of those clubs have very much missed the point of managing to rebuild their clubs and get a new fresh team out in, out in there. Yeah, it's a difficult one. And it'll definitely be something to keep an eye on. But quickly before we finish, I know these are going to be incredibly difficult to call, but we'll start with obviously the one that I know you're going to give the answer to. Semi-final one, Bayern Leon. I'm sorry. We we have to, seeing as we've bashed Barca so much, we also, and I myself said, we can't take away from Bayern's you know, performance. We just have to address the fact that since Hansi Flick took over, Bayern haven't lost a match. And mind you, he didn't take over after Corona. He took over in December 2019. This man has not lost a single match. They only dropped points against Leipzig in a nil-nil draw. And this was in January or February. They've won all their matches. This is not a team that is going that looks to be losing anytime soon. This is a team that no matter what type of opponent is thrown at them, have beaten them. This is why, and this, I went in with confidence saying 3-0 Bayern, how very wrong I was. But I had that confidence because of the performances they've been dropping so far. So when I go in and say that they're going to, they're going, they're going to deal with Lyon in any form or fashion needed, I'm not, going to, I'm not saying they're going to smack Lyon as badly as they did Barcelona because I think that that was very much a one-off thing. And, you know, Barcelona capitulating like they did was also a one-off thing. But I think Bayern is not going to have any, they shouldn't be having any problems with Lyon. And I give credit to Lyon and everything, but at some point, the luck that you need to progress in this, uh, in this tournament is only going to get you so far. So uh, for those keeping track, I believe that was a Bayern win. Yeah. <laughs> and much, yeah. As much as I think I know what you're going to say with this one, what with you wearing German glasses, Leipzig PSG? I'd say it's a 50-50 and it's too close to call. I was going to say, do you, do you want to put your money on anything on that one? Because <laughs> I really I'm going don't to, think I'm I going to, call that. I, I don't think... I'm, I'm finding it hard to call that. I could see Leipzig potentially edging it 1-0. Oh, potentially. An all-German final. Take and I would predict an all-German final. I'd t- and I would predict an all-German final. That being said, PSG Bayern would make for greater headlines. And it would be the final I'd much rather likely see. Because I think of any of the clubs left in the competition at this point, PSG probably have the best chance of beating Bayern. Not that that is a very high chance. And I'm sorry, Bayern would have dealt with, with, with Manchester City if they had made it through and they would have been in the final regardless. I, have, I just have that much confidence in this squad and in this club that they will make it to the final. And I'm saying, especially you can't smack Barca 8-2 and then not win the title. Oh, I would try and disagree with you. I really am struggling to come up with an argument. <laughs> and it's really not like me. Normally I've got something to say. But for those people at home playing statistic bingo, this is the Ooh. first time. I think I know the statistics. That there's been three managers of the same nationality in the semi-finals. Well, where so can I say the German? The German. Julian German coaching. Hansi Flick and Thomas Tuchel, all from yep. Germany. 
not the statistic I was expecting you to come up with, but nonetheless a very good one. It's Another a good st- period for German football. We're also going to quickly interject with another small statistic. Every time Bayern have played Barcelona in European competition, the winner of that tie have gone on to win the whole competition. Every time. Well, there we go. We will have to wait and see. It has been a hefty episode, as we like to call it. I'm not sure if hefty even does us justice, but I think... Quite we wouldn't thick, have done it justice. Thick with two C's. Oh, thick with two like, C's. No, two thick hands with in front of you. Thick episode. Oh, th- thick, thick with three C's. One of them at least capitalized. Oh, damn, that's a thick episode. Oh, we it would we wouldn't have done the Champions League justice. Though. There was so much in these matches, it wouldn't damn, have been that's fair. A thick boy. Damn boy, he thick. That's a thick ass boy. <laughs> I'll be honest, I vented and I feel much better. I'm not going to go to bed fuming. I actually feel a lot better. I've just, I've uninstalled Twitter. I mean, you you also got to, you got to shit on, uh, shit on City's performance and you got to shit on Barcelona and also Atletico. So it makes it, it makes it fun. And we got to, we got to dig out Spain for various reasons. Also, it it does feel good after the fact that's unprecedented attack of the way they do football i mean it's 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 born a little bit out of the jealousy of watching spanish teams beat not just Bayern, but you know win everyone. every single competition and yeah exactly beat could everyone not, and could win Barcelona or real not have just let juve have one of those champions league finals oh, that would have been fair wouldn't it's it like your mom saying you've got two let your brother have one <laughs> Go away. It would. I mean, but at the end of the day, I think that so far, every single time Real Madrid or Barcelona have won the Champions League, they have fully deserved it. So, yeah, I, yeah. Then again, if you win the Champions League, obviously you deserve it. Uh, there have been. I think there. Have, you can find some competitions where some winners, um, Chelsea twenty twelve, have definitely not been deserving of that title. Oh, we won't talk about that because we're, no. we're over an hour as it is. I I've got work oh, tomorrow. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here till <laughs> the wee hours of the morning. Oh yeah. Well, that's all from us this week. Thanks for listening, guys. And keep calm. Love the beautiful game. We'll see you next week.